Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. Today I am joined by Jill Coletti all the way over in New Hampshire, USA. I love that I actually get to speak to so many people around the world. It's so amazing. All from my office here in in the UK. Anyway, I digress. Over the last few years, Jill's life has changed dramatically from working high, high up in corporate finance to becoming a spiritual entrepreneur. Through her own journey, post-divorce and family trauma, Jill battered, battled with self-doubt on many levels, but over time learned how to manage these doubts in a way that's allowed her to follow her passion of helping others. Jill's main focus now is helping mums and preteen girls manage self-doubt. Today, Jill is going to share her insights in how to build confidence and break down your daily habits. So welcome, Jill. It's amazing to have you here. I can't wait to to quiz you really because there's two whopping topics that I really want to speak to you um, about and that is self-doubt in mums I am a mum and I know self-doubt and guilt and all of that is massive um but also in pre-teen girls because although my I have a son and he's not a teenager um I also know a number of teenage girls young teenage girls who especially post pandemic have struggled with self-doubt um, and have been deeply impacted um, with confidence and so on and so forth. So I'm really, really keen to talk to you about that as well. And I think it's, you know, a really important subject for mums, but also for teenage girls to, to build awareness on, because this is what it's all about, really. It's about building that awareness piece and allowing us to educate people on what self-doubt is, but more importantly, what we can do to manage it. And I say manage it because we can't ever get rid of it, but we can certainly silence it and keep it to a very, very small amount um, when we know how. And this is really what it's all about, is understanding how we can make that work for them. Um, But before we deep dive into all of those juicy topics, would you mind just sharing a little bit about how self-doubt has impacted you and how your healing journey began and how it led you to working with mums and preteens? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And this oh, is a topic. I mean, this is as soon as I heard this, the, these are things that you're you talk about. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to just jump on because I'm even having the chills right now as we're talking <laughs> because it is a topic that um, everyone struggles with yeah. in some way, shape or form. So being able to help even in the slightest bit with someone and give some type of idea to help manage uh, self-doubt. I'm, you know, excited to be here for that. So um, my healing journey, it's, it's a doozy, right? It's, it's, (laughs) it's been an up and down, up and down battle. Um, Isn't that just how it is? Is like, woo. (laughs) That's exactly how it is. I mean, that's how life is and it's continuous. So, um, you know, you mentioned 
that I, you know, I was on a healing journey for years. I did go through divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have um, strains on fam- family relationships that I've had to heal for myself. Um, and I would say probably, you know, my healing journey, if I was to, that I was intentional with my healing journey, yeah, probably started because we probably, I've been doing it probably my whole life, right. In some way, shape or form, but intentional healing started probably just before my divorce. Right you know, probably a year or two before, um, because of, I felt like I was kind of losing myself. Okay. So it was one of those, you get married, I'm thinking, and I was kind of living for him, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I have one child and then I'm doing everything for the child Mm -hmm. and him still. Yeah. Notice I didn't mention me, right? I do. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I had a second child. And, you know, at that stage, our relationship from a marriage standpoint was just very wobbly. Um, so I started reading the books mm-hmm. and, you know, listening to some podcasts, but I wasn't quite into that quite yet. Um, and that's kind of how the journey started. I love to read. So it started with me just reading different books on divorce yeah. on how to, I, how do I manage this for my children? It, it kind of, my healing journey all started. My kids were the catalyst for it because right. I did not want my children to suffer like I was mm-hmm. with the doubts I was having on myself and, and how I kind of lost myself in everyone else's and all the things I should do. I kind of got lost in all the shoulds. Yeah, I was shitting yeah. all over myself. Like I should do all these things. Um, so as my healing journey started, I just was very open-minded to what might work. Mm. Right. Um, I read for a long time, but I never did. Yeah. Oh, there's so many people that do that. Uh, so uh, yes. Learners, but never implement. Read, 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 but yeah. really to truly be intentional and to truly have something actually happen, you have to do. Do, yeah. (laughs) You have to do. So it was just like jumping in and picking and part, you know, it was like, oh, well, I'll lose weight and that will help or I'll do this. You know, it was all the things that I doubted in myself that I felt like I had to fix myself when it was really, I just had to be myself. Mm -hmm. So I dove in and I started doing things like, a gratitude practice, positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. And I didn't just read about them. I did them, <laughs> you know, cause that was the key. Right. Um, yeah. I started meditating. Mm-hmm. I found a coach, mm-hmm. you know, which I know, you know, like a yeah. coach is like, it's yeah. Every coach has a coach. Every person in my mind yeah. truly could have a coach. Right. Could have a coach, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then she helped kind of just hold me accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started being accountable for the things. So I, you know, started meditating. I started doing affirmations and gratitude and then um, energy healing came in. So Reiki came in and I started mm-hmm. doing some of that with myself. And so the more and more I started to rediscover who I was and what I desired Um, I started implementing them in my daily life with my family Mm. and then at work. 
Mm-hmm. And the more and more I did it, I realized I was not where I was not doing what I truly desired to do. I was just doing what I felt I should do. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. To be responsible, be the responsible adult mm-hmm. type of thing. Right. And so when I finally kind of connected the dots and just said, there's more to life than doing what I should do. And feeling, cause I always, since I had my child said, why am I leaving my child with someone else all day mm. so that I can go to work that I don't yeah. even love? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, and that's a big battle that a lot, a lot, a lot of women have. And I say more women because I think it is different for men. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it falls on the women. You know, if the child's sick, invariably it's the woman that, that has to drop everything, come back and stuff. And, and I see this so much. And, and I think that's one of the things I've been really blessed with is that I started my business before I had my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so out of everything, even though there's been massive struggles, I've still been able to be there for him as much as I can. My sister has got a two-year-old and she's had to go back to work. And I see the pull that that has on our heartstrings all the time. Right. Um, and it is a big motivator for women to check in with, actually, what do I want to do um, right. with my life? Mm-hmm. But... Uh, and I might be interrupting you and apologies if you were just about to say this, but there are a lot of people that go through that, but there are a lot of people that then don't know how to do anything about it. So just put up with it because of the fear, the doubt, the worry, the judgment, you know, letting people down. I know that you're leading up to this, but if you could just bring that part in as to what was going through your mind when you were thinking, Oof, I don't, why am I going and leaving my child every day and working in a job I hate like what can you just talk through the the mind process and if you were yeah. to do that, I apologize <laughs> no you're good like I'm glad you asked it's um there's a lot to it so I, I wouldn't say that everybody can just jump and do it no. jump into it right it there's um some of the key things are really digging into what do you desire in your life mm from how do you desire to feel Mm, and truly mm. sit down and figure out how do you desire to feel? You know, do you desire to feel freedom? Okay. Well, what are you doing right now? And does that align with how you desire to feel? Do you feel that freedom when you walk in that building or go here or go there? I mean, And I can even compare it to all the events. I remember going like around the holidays, you feel like you have to go to do all of these things, Mm. but all you want to do is stay home and appreciate the time you have with your children. And I'm getting chills as I say this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but feeling like you've got to go to this person's house and this person's house and this person's house and all these things. But how do you feel at the end of the day after doing all of that? Yeah. For me, it was like pure exhaustion and overwhelm. And so I chose, I said, well, that's not a feeling I desire to feel. So, okay, well, how can I change that Mm. so that I feel how I desire to feel and in turn, like, appreciate my children more, (laughs) like my life more, right? Um, Boundaries. I mean, it's figuring out what your boundaries are. 
and it that's around people Mm -hmm. places you know it's tapping into your energy before you do something so like before i would go to work or before i would get up and start my day okay how do i feel now okay you know and then it takes work ultimately it's what it all comes down to right um but like how do i feel before i walk in the building Mm. how do i feel while i'm doing my work Mm. how do i feel when i leave now do those feelings align with how i desire to feel yeah you know i do again that i want to make a point on this because I'm sure there's some people sat there, you know, and it sounds like hard work when you're constantly asking yourself all of these questions and building that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if in your practice, but certainly in mine and in conversations with friends and family, the whole I haven't got time thing comes up for it. But when you were saying all of that, and you know, and I was thinking, oh, people might be thinking, well, I haven't got time to check in every day. Mm-hmm. But the, what they're oblivious of is how much time they dedicate to feeling crap and dedicate to, I don't want to go to work today and I don't want to do this and can spend 10 minutes in a car or half an hour in a, on a train or wherever going over how they're dreading this or the negative aspects of that. Um, And they don't see that as time wasting, but it's like, they're so trained to, Oh, well, I'm not wasting time on that. That's just my natural thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I have to, consciously make myself think about how I want to feel well that feels like hard work but yes what what people fail to realize and I'm sure you back me up with that is obviously the more you start to think like with you how do I want to feel um how do I want to be showing up the more attention you gave it it then started to take its own natural pattern so you were starting automatically to then think well I really want to feel this today and so Mm -hmm. you're just that retraining process is not forever Correct. It's so whenever we talk about these changes or these tweaks, and yes, it's hard and 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 is an ongoing process. The actual conscious effort part that we put in doesn't last forever. Uh, it, there's no set time because it depends how ingrained it is on each of us and how willing we're prepared to ask the questions and what types of questions we ask ourselves. But it's not forever. It's just having that commitment. Is would you agree? I would 100% agree. It's it's mm. having the commitment to it and. I mean, this is where like all the doubts come in at the beginning. Mm, mm. Like, well, I can't change my life. I don't know how to change my life. I always, I have to work. I mm. have to do this and, and not even just work, whatever it is. Like yeah, yeah. I have to do that. Well, I can't change that. Someone's not going to like me if I do that. Mm. There's, there's a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of things that you go through at the beginning, but once you get through that piece, it is, it is more you're just being more intentional with the way that you're spending your time. And that includes your thoughts, you know, your, you know, your thoughts and your actions and the words that come out of your mouth. I mean, there are so many changes. I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole and we could talk for eight hours about all the things, right. All the little things. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're intentional. And I always say like, start with one. Yeah. Right. Start with one of them. Start with connecting with your feelings um, or start with like meditating for five minutes a day, just five minutes so that you're able to just even connect with yourself or start with a gratitude practice. Like start with one thing that's mm-hmm. intentional for you 
that will help you get through all of those kind of like monster thoughts and, and, and doubts and get you to start, just start like dreaming and thinking about the positive things. If you're really caught up in feeling stuck, mm. um, you know, I feel like a lot of moms specifically, and of course there's a, you know, I'm sure it's not just moms. Right. But we feel stuck. Like I felt stuck in groundhog day. Like I, mm-hmm. the same day was happening over and over and over. And I just, someone asked me, what do you like to do? And I couldn't even answer them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've had that. I couldn't even answer like, yeah. well, like I used to like to do this, but like, I didn't even know if I liked that anymore because mm-hmm. I hadn't, I got so engrossed in just doing for everyone else, whether it came to my work, Mm. my kids, my husband at the time, Mm. even my other family members. Like I was always doing for everybody else because, you know, I have that servant heart. I am very heart centered. I do like to help people, but I was losing myself in the process. And the key that I now know I didn't realize then is that when we are able to lift up our own energy and when we're able to get to that point where we do put ourselves first, it actually helps everyone the and everything around you. Every yeah. total ripple effect in more than one way. Just the fact that we're lifted and we're like better for everyone else, but yeah. then also we're an example. Yeah. So when you were talking about you know, the preteen girls, how I really love to work with preteen girls. I have a son as well, who's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm not blocking, you know, boys out. I do do stuff yeah. with, you know, with him and stuff too. But I have this passion for preteen girls because that self-doubt happens, starts happening then. Mm. I can see, I could literally see a change. I used to, um, I was a Girl Scout leader for, mm-hmm. I had a Girl Scout troop. And I asked these girls at the age of nine if they ever had negative thoughts about themselves. I'm going to cry. Just think. Mm. negative thoughts about themselves during mm. the day. Mm. Do you know that every one of them raised their hand? Yeah, it's frightening. Every single one of them. Mm. And I was like, I was not expecting it. I got so like, emo- I just was not expecting that I had to teach a nine-year-old to flip their language about themselves to something positive on a day, like a daily basis. Yeah. And then it started, you know, that's, you know, the healing journey doesn't end. So I got to a certain point, right. I got to a certain point and I was ready to make changes in my life but it still continues. So that was a big thing for me because I started thinking back, when did it start for me? Mm. When did the doubts and the things about myself start? And it probably was about that age. Yeah. Yeah. Like third grade, you start seeing other people and people, you know, people start saying stuff about your haircut and your, you know, what you're wearing and things. And you start thinking, or they call you like a not nice word. They call you stupid or something like they, yeah, they, yeah, so yeah. these girls are thinking these words in their heads. And social and media was, adding added into that. I mean, when. And uh, we didn't even have that when I was. No, I mean, I'm 43 you know, and, and back then, you know, 
we didn't my my son's like was tv invented when you were a child <laughs> yes that was but social media wasn't youtube was it um hoverboards weren't you know all of these things that, mm-hmm. that mobile i mean i had a mobile phone when i was 17 and passed my driving test and and there's there is so much pressure on children that they're almost losing their childhood because they're having to grow up so much quicker but they're surrounded by so much fakeness that they compare their whole life to it. And it does worry me massively because I know, like you said, you know, we had pressures and we were in a totally different bubble to to what they're in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know everything is relative and, you know, and all of that and experience is very personal to each and every one of us, but there is a tremendous amount of pressure. I mean, I feel it. Um, as an adult with social media sometimes you can get caught up especially as a mum you can get caught oh look they've taken their son out to bloody here there and everywhere today and he's Mm -hmm. played in the park and um and you really have to have a word with yourself and I just want to go back quickly to something that you said where you got to a certain point in your healing journey that led you to then make decisions but you hadn't but it was still ongoing and this is the thing is it is an evolving process. We are evolving processes. Um, we're all, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Work in motion or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. everything is leading us to that next level. And uh, someone said to me, like, if you set a goal, whatever goal it is, it's like a rocket being thrown up in the air and it comes down with all of the experiences you need to learn from in order to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And they're totally unique to you. And you go through that. And then you're like, right, well, I'm here now, but I, I want more. Um, so I've got to learn a little bit more. But it's easier because I've got proof that I can do it because I've just done it previously. I've got experience, et cetera. And, and so it, it becomes a lot easier to manage with the odd blip where it's slightly challenging when we're trying something new. But then if we're open to the fact anything new is going to cause us to doubt ourselves because we've got nothing to compare it to I suppose because we've never done it before um and we just guide ourselves um and that's how the process works but it's a lot more no people can't see my hand but it's a lot more little up and downy rather than a roller coaster up and downy isn't it yes yes most of the time (laughs) most of the time yeah yeah I say one of the big things with um when I started doing all this work on myself and I started really tapping into how I desired to feel and, and doing the things each day, you know, spending time feeling gratitude and spending time meditating and spend, spending time tapping into myself and what I desired in my life. It was while I was still in corporate and while I was still, I think I had just gotten divorced when I really was doing a good mm-hmm. job. Um, and so I can't say I was necessarily feeling fully confident, but I was starting to trust myself again, Mm. because when you go through like trauma or, um, you go through really, at least for me, when, you know, a relationship fails, right. Um, you can't see I'm doing like bunny years. Um, when a relationship fails, it's like, well, what, what about me? Like I wasn't trusting myself. Mm. I wasn't trusting my gut or my intuition. So when I started really like tapping into me and and going through my own healing, I started to trust myself again. So when I had that gut feeling, I started to follow it. 
And I started to follow the little nudges I was getting mm-hmm. on, on smaller scales. And then one, and I started seeing a coach and I started, you know, like once a month I would go and check in with her and see. And at one point it was like once a week. So I could like, cause I was really desiring to go to another level in my life and figure out, figure it out. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. still trying to figure it out, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, and I just said, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Mm. You know, it was made, my life was much better. Like I would go into work with a lot more intention. I was setting boundaries and I was not allowing people to walk all over me anymore. I was, you know, bringing my spirituality in. I had like crystals all over the place and I was and like, so my work environment was much better than it was because I had done all of, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I finally got to the point where, because I was at a place where I was happy and I could see how I could actually help other people. I was like, why am I doing this when I could be doing this and I could be helping people? Mm. And so I jumped and I don't necessarily tell everyone to do this, but I kind of jumped without a full on plan for the first time in my entire life, because I was always such a planner and the universe or God or whatever you believe in. I trusted that. And for the first time I got like a confirmation back right after I gave my notice, which was so difficult. First of all, I didn't cry. And anytime I've ever given notice at a job, I've cried because that's Mm -hmm. how I process. I did not cry. I was so content when I did it. And then right after I picked up my phone and someone messaged me, not knowing, no one knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. She did not know what I was doing. And she asked Basically, if I start like, oh, you do Reiki, don't you? How much do you charge? And I was like, well, now I do. (laughs) Like, I just quit my job. Like, now I do. But so it was like that confirmation Mm -hmm. that I'm on the right path. I cannot say I have not doubted it many, many, many times since I did it. Like, I can't believe I did that. I should probably go back. I mean, but I have the tools now that helped me like you said it's not necessarily quite the roller coaster of mm-hmm. um of doubt um but it still creeps in I'm human it still creeps in quite often mm. I think that's just life as an entrepreneur as well oh, like, yeah. just like oh what am I doing um but I'm so much more fulfilled and people have actually said just in my face just in my like the, like a light came back up again that I didn't have before. Um, and it's from fall, it's from doing the work initially and then continuing on, mm-hmm. going through the self-doubt, using the tools, and just following how I desire to feel and being me as much as I can. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, it's it's not always easy. It's no. definitely not always easy. The doubt will be there. We're we're human. I can't just go live up in the clouds and everything, rainbows and unicorns. I mean, that would be great. <laughs> the, um, thing is, the doubt is there regardless of what you do as well isn't it and I yes, think there yes. are so many people that have a dream or they once had a dream but they've squashed that dream because they don't think it's the right time or they're waiting for the right moment or the right money or you know now they're a mum now their desires don't matter as much as you know yeah. there's every excuse um And so they don't allow themselves to dream anymore. And I think even just by allowing yourself, 
to dream about something beyond your your everyday life yes is essential is one of the first steps really 100%, yes. but I think people feel guilty for wanting more um you know there's some people I'll be honest like I was very much a career girl I I did want kids I had I've always had an iffy relationship I suppose from a um I used to think when, uh, with my abusive past I used to then this is when I was quite a bit young I used to think oh if I saw a pregnant person that was an advert for sex and it was like and it it, it triggered me but not in an in an obvious way but it was just like oh well they've obviously had sex because they're pregnant um and I think that played a, a big part on my fertility um journey but um I can't remember where I was going from that with that now but um what was I saying before you were saying you were very much a corporate a corporate oh yeah I didn't yeah. I didn't necessarily want children um yeah. until I was at least 35 um little did I know how bloody hard it would then be to have a child of course then you think oh should have started it earlier blah 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 um and I absolutely adore my my son is my everything he is my absolute everything um and and I don't regret anything that I've done but I have lost myself as a result I've lost an aspect of me as a result of becoming a mum I'm a far better person and I love being a mum it's the best thing in the world but people can then feel guilty. This is where I was going. People can then feel guilty thinking, well, like, especially if you've had trouble getting a, a baby, having a baby. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you have this baby and you're like, but I want my life back as well as having a baby. But I can't have that because I've waited so long to have this baby that I need to make the most of this baby. Am I making sense? Yes. It's like, yeah. So now you have to give a hundred percent to the baby and, and you're on the back. Yeah, and I think life is on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that with a lot of mums, they think, "Oh God, if I dare say to my mummy friends or my partner or even you know family, I want more," they're worried that people will say, "Well, are you not happy with what you've got?" Um, And there's this whole it has to be this or that. Whereas I'm very much of a life. No, you can have everything. I can be a mummy. And I can be an amazing wife and I can be a, a successful business person. As long as I manage it, I'm not compromising on anything. But there's, I still do feel that there is this whole, and it's not just with mums and work. I, it, it, in life in general, people think, well, if I choose to have that, therefore I can't have that. If I have that, then I've got to forfeit that. And that's just bullshit. We yeah. can have everything if we allow ourselves to. Mm-hmm. Do a long-winded way of no. saying that. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And and here's to say, like my journey, right, and my choice to leave corporate to do this is more about who I am. So mm-hmm. there's there are women that rock the corporate world mm. and there should be more women that move mm. up the corporate mm. ladder in my opinion if you're going to talk to me about that but yeah. you know that's a whole different topic but who's to say they can't have six kids at home yeah and be like a vp absolutely if that what what my big thing is 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 it you do you desire to do this does this align with who you are mm. If that aligns with who you are, rock it and do it Mm. and push through that doubt 
and set the boundaries and do not allow someone else's opinion to get into that. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. I know. I get that. Like I can say that, but that's why we have the tools and mm-hmm. these different things that can help us, you know, mm-hmm. that this is why I teach these things. Mm-hmm. What has worked for me that has allowed me and helped me to, to work through that doubt, because I will tell you this much, everyone, <laughs> probably almost everyone I, I knew in my previous life, right. Mm-hmm. Thought I was off my rocker. Yeah you know, doing it, doing what I did going from not only like, I mean, corporate, you know, finance, I had been at this company from like more than half my adult life at the time. I had been there for a long time. It was very stable, mm-hmm. um, you know, paid decent, really great benefits, all the things. Right. But I felt, I literally look at pictures now and there was no shine on my, like, you could just see it in my face. Mm. It was just not my thing. I liked the people. It was just not my thing. Mm. So I've had to push through a lot of self-doubt and a lot of people's opinions and just find a way to, it's hard to fully block it out. Right. But Mm -hmm. to move forward, because this is what aligns with who I am. Yeah. If you don't want to have kids, cool. That's your jam. Or you can't like, and you find, you have to find ways, um, to fulfill that. Um, but if you desire to have children and you still desire to be this amazing businesswoman, I am fully with you that you can do both. Yeah. Your kids can help you. I actually did a course on how you can include your kids, integrate your kids with your business. Wow. Cause mm-hmm. I'm at home. Mm. My kids help me. Mm. And you know what? Like it's actually inspired them. So now think about the ways that you can inspire your children. Yeah. Right. You, you be you, if you are fully you and you're doing what aligns with you and what lights you up, that light is shining down on your kids. Mm. And I'm mm. getting the chills like all over my entire body. That light is shining down on your kids. It is showing them that they can do whatever aligns with them. 100%. Right. If they would like to like lead a corporate, if be, you know, start their own bit, if they want to start their own business, whether it's small or huge, they can do it. If they want to, you know, be a doctor, they can do it. If they want to lead this big, huge corporate place, they can do it, Mm. you know, because they're watching you, they're seeing you. Yeah. You know, if they, if you would desire to be a stay at home mom, awesome. Cool. They are still seeing you as long as whatever you're doing is lighting you up. Yeah. You are doing a service to your children. If whatever you are doing is not, and it's bringing you down, that is actually a disservice to them. Uh, Them and you. Yeah. Yeah. Jill, there was two things that I just want to um, touch on before we we talk a little bit about the, the preteen side. Um, when you, when you said about everyone in your company thought you were off your rocker, <laughs> yeah, I get it, right? Um, and it, it, so many entrepreneurs say, "Oh my god!" If I speak to my friends, they're like, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> um, 
And I was on a coaching call myself not long ago. And, um, and there was a motivational speaker that had come on to, to our coaching call. And he spoke to some, said something that really kind of resonated in the fact that two things. One, no one understands your vision in the way that you do because the vision was given to you. Um, secondly, mm-hmm. would you take advice on how to swim from someone who couldn't swim? No. So what I find is that when we are doubting ourselves or we think of an idea of what we want to do, we just go to our immediate support network of friends and family. And of course, they want to protect you and don't want you to make an idiot out of yourself or lose money or whatever. And so nine times out of 10, they don't see the full vision, partly because we probably keep protective part of it and don't necessarily share the full vision. Mm-hmm. But they will often say, oh, no, like, I don't think you should do that. Is that wise? Is that safe? Blah, blah, blah. And we tend to take advice from people that have no experience in what we're looking for, which is why, and you've mentioned it before, and me and you both know this. Yes, we are coaches, but we have coaches. Is That's why it's so important when you are going through this um healing journey transformation life-changing situation whatever it may be it's so important to find someone who understands where you are and where you want to go and knows on some level how to bridge that gap because it will save you time money emotional stress all sorts but it gives you an understanding one of the biggest things i find myself doubt is you feel lonely and misunderstood and that you try and explain your feelings to people and they just don't get it. So you just don't say anything and you're just in that little prison in your mind sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and yet so many people think, oh, well, I've asked so-and-so and they've said it's a rubbish idea. So there's no point in me investing in a coach because that'll be a waste of money. When the reality is the coach, the mentor, you know, whoever, who is experiencing what you want to do is going to take you so much further than support from someone who can't swim if you go back to that part. Um, And so I just think, you know, for anyone that is listening and that is thinking, I want to have, you know, there are changes that I want to make, but I've spoken to my friends, my family, and they've told me that, you know, it's just a pipe dream or come down from the clouds or whatever. Find someone that's doing what you're doing and speak to them and see from their point of view, whether they think that they can help you or give you advice or research as a starting point. Oh, so that was my first point. And then secondly, it was, um, you know, when you said, obviously, you took that leap, you had no real plan, you got those signs, which I love, I'm a massive sign girl. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there have been times where you have gone, oh, my God, if I made the right decision, shouldn't do this, etc. Are there any just you've mentioned gratitude affirmations meditation are they the things that get you through or has there been any sort of key little techniques that have really worked for you on silencing those voices i know you know confidence comes from taking action but it but the doubt paralyzes you from taking that action and screwing with your confidence what have you done to push through those in particular that might resonate with people yeah. So uh, some of the, obviously the things that I already talked about, yes, you know, I do those all the time. Um, going back to why. Yeah. Going back to why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
why did I do this? Mm. And it comes down to like, I'm going to, I'm trying to help other people. Right. So, but it's really knowing that why it's like really getting in and getting into the feelings of it. Um, that's a huge piece. I mean, that will help me get up in the morning. Right. If it's just one of those days, um, I'm a Reiki healing, you know, practitioner. So I go to that and other healing modalities from an energy standpoint to help clear blocks, Mm -hmm. um, energetic blocks. So I definitely use that. Um, and I, one of the biggest things, and obviously like a coach. So sometimes it got to the point where it was like, my doubt was like so strong Mm. that I was like, Hey, I need an extra, (laughs) I need an extra one-on-one. Like I am like, you know, really having it, you know, having a thing and like having a community of people. So when you, I loved your point about saying like, yes, having that person, if you're not quite ready to like necessarily hire a coach, right. Start, think about those people, like start following people on like Instagram Mm. that are doing what you're doing, right. Like find those mentors that maybe you may never physically talk to, but they're your mentors in the social media world. Right. So find them. Um, so sometimes I would listen to like a podcast of someone that I, that I know, um, and love that was like doing what I'm doing, just like something. There's all sorts of videos on YouTube of like, you know, motivation and and those sorts of things that sometimes you just need that. Um, obviously like I read, I have an affirmation statement that I read, um, to myself. Mm. Um, and one of the biggest things that helps is reaching out to someone else. Mm. Mm. so in two different forms is there someone I can help today Mm. and just reaching out like is there someone I can help and even just reaching out and saying hi and you know seeing how they're doing um and reaching out to like that community so not only do I have like a I've more than one coach like all you know for different things right Mm -hmm. um but a community of people who are at your level or higher right like I always say like at my I try to spend time with people that are at my higher than my vibration, (laughs) right? Um, You know, people that I aspire to be and aspire to do. Um, And then just reaching out, asking for help. It's the hardest thing. That was one of the hardest things. And one of the last things Mm -hmm. that I did Mm -hmm. was start asking for help. I've always been, I can do it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is huge for me yeah. how can I help someone else and like accept help, but, accept yeah. help from other people yeah and you know because especially as you mentioned that you're so used to doing everything for everybody else that to then ask for someone to help you is, is hard but like we don't have to do it on our own and I wasted so much time and energy trying to do it on my own mm-hmm. um, and learn the hard way and if I could rewind and I, I don't live with regrets because I've learned everything. But if I was to do it again, I would hire a coach straight away. Without well, think about how good you feel when you help someone else. Yeah. Offer them that same opportunity to feel good by helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. If you can think about it in that way, like people yeah. actually desire to help. I still have trouble asking, you know, it, it's still like that thing that I twinge, you know, like mm-hmm. the doubt comes in. Is that really, will they help me? you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I've learned, I have closer relationships with people mm. because I actually asked for help. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Yeah. What advice can you give on the preteen? I've, I've um, been chatting to you for 
for a long time now. Just briefly, you know, what advice can you give on the the pre-teen? You mentioned it um, earlier on about, you know, how nine-year-olds are saying that they've had negative thoughts and and so on and so forth. For anyone that has a pre-teen or is a pre-teen or, you know, whatever, that is going through that, if you could just share some words of wisdom, that would be... Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, my daughter's 12. So this is what, you know, started it a few years ago mm. um, with the pandemic, especially, right? Mm. Um, they were not all in school. And even if they were in school, there was not any of like the after school activities and things like that. So we had started, we called it the high vibe girl tribe. Oh, um, awesome. And so the girls get together. And what we do, what we really focus on is the stuff that I learned like in my late thirties, 40, right. Um, is going to things like affirmations and language and gratitude Mm. and teaching them how to meditate and connect with themselves, Mm. um, teaching them. It's, it's tough. Like you said, with the whole social media thing, because this is the ages, once they get into middle school, that's when they kind of start having phones. And Mm. my daughter's not on social media. Like I, that's one thing I would say, keep them off. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, (laughs) Um, but they still have texts and they're still like in school if they go to school and there's still a lot of that comparison stuff. Yeah. Um, But we do a lot. um, There was a really great book called like the confidence code for girls. I forget who wrote it. Um, you can look up, it's available on Amazon. I don't get anything for it or anything. The confidence code for girls was a really good book, um, where it gave them some tools and ideas and they have like their own code. They like make up their own confidence code. Um, but a lot of the things we focus on is the stuff that we focus on as an adult. I feel like some of it is like not, especially as they're getting older is teaching them the things that they can now take through the rest of their life Mm. you know my hope is that my daughter when she turns 40 is not having to do quite as much healing as I do they're all going to we're going to screw up our kids in some way shape or form right there's still going to be something right they're on their own journey things are still going to happen they're still going to get the doubts and they're still going to have things that they've got to manage on their own that we cannot do for them Mm. Yeah. But teaching them things like going to a space, knowing how to set boundaries, um, knowing that they themselves are a hundred percent amazing just as they are. Like we're brought, we're brought into this world naked and dependent on somebody else. And we have our full worth then. Mm -hmm. And as we get older and older, we doubt that worth more and more and more. Mm. So my hope is that these girls, when they're starting to feel these things, they're starting to get that, feel those doubts and they're starting to question and do the comparison that they can go back and use the tools like looking yourself in the mirror and telling yourself all of the great qualities about yourself. And when we do gratitude, we do gratitude about stuff, right? About all the things, but we always focus gratitude. At least two of the gratitudes are on about yourself. Yeah. I love that. 
I remember when I was younger, actually, I think I was about 14 and I went through a real wobble and my mum got me to write down all the things that I loved about myself. And I really struggled, but it worked when I, you know, it didn't come easy. But then when I did it, and it's always the first couple of things that you write down and then you kind of get into a rhythm with it. But um, yeah, yeah, the more you do it, that's the big thing is the consistency. So trying to so we met on a weekly basis yeah things have changed right now because of just schedules and things but we were meeting on a weekly basis and we did the same thing so that they would get used to it yeah of course you know positive affirmations and gratitude and journaling and like these other tools that can Mm. that can help them work through what's in their head and pick and choose and this is a big thing pick and choose what works for you some people they like to talk it out other girls are very about like writing it, mm. do what works for them, try to push them a little bit, you know, just to get them a little out of their comfort zone. So they're not mm. too stuck, but at the same time, it's such a sensitive age, yeah, of course. you know, that they've got to be okay being who they are and they may be more quiet and this one may be more outgoing mm. and that's okay. And having them feel it's just really pouring life into them Mm. to feel like it is more than okay to be who you are and to like who you are yeah and like let's do all we can to pour as much life into you so that you feel it so you can lift yourself up and pour life into yourself when you need it during those times because I mean self-love and compassion is the biggest antidote isn't it to to self-doubt and it's the one thing I think all of us sort of struggle with. Um, and I know my, from my own personal experience, when I am not, if I'm struggling on the self-love, everything suffers. No, if no. I can really work on the self-love, mm-hmm. then I, it's a whole different ball game. I'm a totally different person. Awesome, thank you so much. I just wanna end it with just one top tip that you can share with, I know there's lots of tips, but maybe just one top tip. I have to say one of the biggest things that has helped me the most Mm -hmm. is getting quiet. Yes. So whether you call it meditation, whatever you want to call it, just get quiet. If it's a, that's one of my, I walk as much as I can out in nature. It's very grounding for me. Yeah, me too. Um, Out, you know, I get outside and go for walks by myself without the podcast going, without the audible, (laughs) without the things and just being. So as often as you can be. Yeah, yeah. And be in quiet. That's when you can you feel more of that self-love. That's when like, I mean, when I get out of those spaces, like when I come home from a walk, it is like creativity goes all over the place. I feel amazing. It's just so great. So yeah, I, the more you can get quiet, the more connected you are with yourself. It's, it's huge. Yeah. I love that. And that's something I had to work on a lot, especially with my past, I was very scared to stop. Uh, you know, I was almost wired to just keep running all of the time. I love silence now. I love stopping. You know, we're a real musical family. We have music on all the time. But if I'm in the car on my own, 
nine times out of 10, I will sit in silence and just allow my mind to just think. And the amount of stuff that comes through is phenomenal. Yes. This is space and we're surrounded by so much chaos of instantaneous emails and this, that, and so we're just bogged down with it. And if you can have space that comes in silence, then you're like, whoa, that's how I need to write that email. That's how I need to respond. That's what I need to say. And it just opens you up to another world, really. Absolutely. It really does. Amazing. Jill, honestly, I could have spoken to you for hours. Um, (laughs) And you've even said, oh, that's a whole nother subject. And I'm thinking that's a subject I want to talk to you about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we might have to do that and bring you we back. Might. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's been awesome. Thank you so much. Um, for anyone that's been listening to this who would love to know a bit more about the work that you do, how can they find you? It'd be added into the show notes, but if you just want to share how they can find you as well. Yeah, they can find me. So it's Jill Coletti, J I L L C O L E T T I, one L two T's. Um, that's my website, jillcoletti.com, or like on social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You can just message me. Wicked. Love to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for everyone who's listened today. I'd love to know your thoughts and your feedback and um, look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye thank for now. You. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now. Bye.